Public speaking is often seen as a great way to build your personal brand, but it is not without its challenges. In this week's episode, I talk to an industry insider about what it actually takes to crack the public speaking circuit, what the professionals look for in a public speaker, how to bag your first public speaking gig, and so much more. So don't go anywhere. If you're trying to promote your brand but stuck finding the right words, this is the podcast for you. Get your weekly inspiration on all things storytelling, creativity, branding, and so much more. I share inspiring stories as well as tips and tricks on how to make your words work out in the world. And if you like free stuff, I've got you covered there too. Head to therightremark.com to steal my marketing secrets. You're listening to The Right Remark Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Right Remark podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Barrington, and in today's episode, I am going to be talking to Helene Greenham from Platinum Speakers all about how to crack the public speaking circuit. Helene is a co-owner of Platinum Speakers, which is based in Melbourne, and with over 25 years of industry experience, this woman really knows her stuff when it comes to event and speaker management. So Platinum Speakers is one of the very few speakers bureaus in Australia that doesn't charge a booking fee, but their whole specialization is picking amazing speakers and entertainers for various events. So they do everything from small intimate dinners to sporting functions, large national and international conferences, town halls, the whole box and dice. Now, I wanted to sit down with Helene today because I get so many clients and inquiries, I suppose, from people that have written books or are looking to expand on their personal brand by becoming a public speaker. Now, public speaking is a fantastic way to build your personal brand, but it is definitely not for the faint-hearted and it does take quite a bit of planning experience and effort. It's a very, very competitive industry. And so I wanted to sit down with Helene today to unpack what it really takes to crack the public speaking circuit. Now, before I introduce Helene, if you haven't already, I would love you to jump onto Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review this podcast episode. And if you know someone who you think would love to listen to this episode, make sure you share it with them also. Okay, let's dive in. So, Helene, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much for inviting me, Vanessa. I'm really looking forward to it. So, Helene, can you tell some of my listeners what it is that you do for work? Okay. I own Platinum Speakers and Entertainers with my husband, Jason. We started in 2009. And basically how our bureau works is corporate clients might ring up and they've got a conference coming up. They've got no idea. They want an MC, a speaker. An entertainer got no idea what they're looking for. We'll send a proposal out to them based on their budget and brief and we go from there. So if a client chooses a speaker, we then draw up the contracts, arrange the travel, flights and everything, and then the speaker and the client liaise and work out their presentation. Fantastic. And you've been working in this industry for a little while now, haven't you? Yeah, I started with a, I got headhunted by a bureau in 2001. And um, as I said, in 2009, we started Platinum. So yeah, been in quite a while now. 
Yeah, absolutely. I guess you've probably seen the good, the bad and the ugly in terms of those on the speaking circuit. Oh, yeah. What are some of the things that Platinum Speakers looks for when they're looking to bring on board a professional speaker? Good question. You need a story. You don't have to necessarily be the most polished speaker, but you have to be real. And when you walk on stage, you've got to have a wow factor. I mean, a speaker needs to get the attention of the audience straight away. I often think that if you haven't got the attention of the audience within 90 seconds, chances are you're not going to get them at all. You need a point of difference. What makes your story so special that someone's going to pay thousands of dollars to hear you speak? And also you need to be relevant and have credibility. I've had a couple of people say, oh, look, I'm a business speaker and they've never actually owned a business. So, you know, you need that. And also relevance is important. Look, I had this awesome Olympic speaker once who won gold in the 70s and he used to get heaps and heaps of work, but now he couldn't understand why the work was drying out. Well, it's like, mate, half of my clients weren't even born when you won your gold medal. So, you know, you need relevance because we've got so many amazing recent gold medalists that have a story to tell, you know, that we can relate to to Mm. them. You know, we watched them win gold. We cried when they were on the podium. You know, you need the relevance. That's important too. So having that kind of relevant and recent expertise. Yeah. Yeah. Because as I said, half of my clients weren't even born in the 70s. So they don't know who you are. I mean, you know, so you need relevance as well. But I think you need a story. You need a point of difference, relevance Mm. and credibility. What are some things that, like in your experience, that would cause you to say no to someone that was trying to pitch themselves to join the Speakers Bureau? Well, basically, if they haven't had any experience, like, um, trust me, you'd get surprised how many people call and want to sign up. And I asked them what experience they've had and they've said they've emceed their brother's wedding. You know, doesn't make them a good MC. So you need experience. Like we don't look at anybody unless they've got video footage of their presentation style, a list of topics, testimonials from corporate clients. So you need the experience. And what about like for someone, because I I get a lot of clients that come to me and they might be writing a book or they might be looking to really develop out their personal brand. And and this is one of those tough conversations that I often find at the right remark myself having with clients that are inquiring this space because everybody wants to do the speaking circuit. And as you and I both know, it isn't that easy. But I guess when you're saying people need to have experience to be looked at by a professional company like yours, what are some things they could do if they're just starting out or they're looking to crack into the industry? Yeah, look, they need practice, practice, practice. Like, not that it's staged, but you need to be yourself and you need to get in front of an audience, you know, like rotary, school groups. You need to build your confidence speaking in front of people. I always recommend to get professional speaking training. I know some awesome trainers that can do one-on-one to fine-tune a presentation, help you with your style and ensure that you've got, say, an introduction, content and a conclusion in your story. And there's also, um, there's an association out there called Professional Speakers Association. They can point you in the right direction as well. Training's important. They're they're all just, they're a governing body of speakers, so they can help. You know, they have their training days and things like that. So, Gives people a bit of a platform to kind of, or a safe place to practice um, if they're starting out. Yeah. 
Yeah, excellent. And I think those suggestions as well, Helene, in terms of Rotary and that sort of thing. I've also found non-profit sometimes can be quite a good place if you can partner as an ambassador or come on board with a a non-profit. They're often looking for speakers but don't have budget. Definitely. Yep, totally agree. What kind of attributes do you look for in selecting a speaker or agreeing to have a speaker on your books? Oh, look, a speaker needs to believe in their topic. I think they need to have passion. They need to be entertaining, engaging, informative, relevant, and even in some of their presentations inject a bit bit of humour. Like even the most serious and boring topics can be entertaining if it's delivered in the right way. Yeah, most definitely. And I'm sure you've seen your fair swag of different speakers at different conferences and things like that. Who would be one of the most memorable speakers Mm. that you've seen? Oh, look, the list is long. I like, say, Dan Gregory from Gruen Transfer, Lise Wansin, you know, Mao's Last Dancer, and Mark Mm. Schulman, Pink's drummer, is really entertaining. But one in particular resonates with me, and his name's Deng Adut. Deng's story just blew me away. He was born in South Sudan and was taken away from his family at the age of six. And by the age of 10, he was forced to fight in the Sudanese Civil War. You know, just imagine a young boy given an assault rifle. His story is just so heartbreaking. He tells of many young boys being shot, killed with grenades, starved dying of thirst or even killed at the hands of animals and suicide. And um, Deng himself had been shot a couple of times. But anyway, he managed to escape the army and was granted refugee status in Australia at the age of 14. And he was sponsored to a family in Sydney. And not knowing English, he taught himself how to speak English through watching the Wiggles. And I think it's because the Wiggles were animated and, you know, so... Cut a long story short, he's now a defence lawyer. He's still in Sydney and he's on the speaking circuit. He's an amazing, amazing human being with an incredible story. He still suffers from PTSD and to this day, and I think he will for the rest of his life. He's obviously got an extraordinary story, but in terms of how he delivers that, what stood out to you in hearing his story? His strength to keep going his passion and his love for people and his appreciation. Like he talks about being an Australian now when he's so proud to be an Australian and he's got very strong views on doing the right thing and when there's a lot of people out there not doing the right thing, he's got his, you know, he thinks they should be in the army. We've all been given this great opportunity in this country and we should embrace it and move forward and love it, you know, and he's got it, he's just, he just puts everything into perspective, you know, when I came home that night and my daughter was whinging about not wanting something for dinner or something, and it's just like, Zoe, you've got no idea, Mm. you know, you're so lucky and so privileged when you hear his story, you know. Yeah, 10 years old fighting in a war, it's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. His ability to survive, you know. What are some of the things that you think can let people down, particularly when they're starting out in the public speaking space? Dull, being dull, monotone voice. And one thing I've seen is death by PowerPoint. I saw a speaker once that had his PowerPoint up on the screen and he was reading it word for word. And I just thought, oh, my God, I was reading exactly what he was saying. In fact, I was racing faster than him because I was 
so bored, you know. And you've got to be engaging. There's nothing worse than having to sit through an hour dull, monotone voice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, and death by PowerPoint, it's such a killer, isn't it? It's definitely. (laughs) There's nothing worse, I don't think. It happens. It happens. Oh, 100%, 100%. There's also some really great, just for people listening, there are some really fantastic tools out there now as well in terms of avoiding PowerPoint. So Prezi is a tool that I personally use and, and use with my clients and do yeah. recommend in terms of really slick, beautifully designed, engaging presentations. But also I so agree, Helene, you know, the thing is, especially if you're in a theatre style or a conference or a large audience, drop the words all together and look at visuals, engaging images and things like that to be able to deliver a presentation because, you know, that whole adage of a picture paints a thousand words, I think really is true in those settings. Nobody wants to read what you're saying on a screen. No, that's exactly right. And it's so true. Some of those pictures are quite mind-blowing and they do paint a thousand words. So let's talk about credibility and just how tough this industry is because, you know, I've alluded before, if I had a dollar for every time someone said to me they wanted to become a professional speaker, I could probably retire my business, I think. What are your thoughts here about the industry? Like, let's get real for a minute about just how tough it is. It's very tough and credibility is so important. There are so many speakers on the circuit to choose from, so it's so important. Like, as I said before, before you can talk on a business topic and you've never had a business, you know, whether you're a sporting personality, finance expert, marketing guru, you have to believe in what you're saying, know your topic, be confident, because how else are you going to convince your audience? So most importantly is credibility. Yeah, most definitely. And I think that experience Mm. piece as well. The other thing I know that you and I have talked about previously is, Ensuring that you've got a show reel, like investing in getting a really nice video footage of you doing a presentation, I think is really important yep. also. My most clients want to see something. In this day and age, you know, they don't want to see your whole presentation. You have a two-minute short presentation of just highlights. People want to see your style. So that's important. Yeah. And I think it's worth investing to get something professionally done with that. Even if it is a charity luncheon or, you know, you're doing a rotary event, get it recorded and get it cut and edited professionally. So you're delivering a nice kind of slick looking highlights reel of you speaking. Yeah, definitely. We've got a spot on our website under every bio that's got a highlights show reel. So it's up to the speaker to send it through and clients do look at it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And you've got some amazing people on your books as well. Can we talk about that for a bit of a minute? Yeah, look, we've got some great sporting personalities, celebrities, chefs, yeah, MCs, Olympians. But, look, you don't necessarily have to be famous to be on the speaking circuit. Like, as I said about Ding, like, he wasn't famous but he's got an amazing story to tell we've got the likes of say Todd Russell who was in the Beaconsfield mining I've seen him speak actually he was amazing yeah so look there's a variety of speakers and I think we're very lucky it's a privilege to hear some of these speakers when they ring up and ask to be represented Mm. because their stories are so incredible you know Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Just talking a little bit now about COVID, right? Because it's bloody just exploded 2020 out of the water. All our plans have oh, gone upside God. down. What changes have you seen in the public speaking and the events industry space? 
Oh, my God, I've seen major changes. The minute the Grand Prix was cancelled, we got calls from clients wanting to cancel their events and or postpone them to 2021. I chatted to one speaker who had 46 contracted jobs and in one day all of them were cancelled. So wow. it was a really scary time. When everything shut down, conference and events were one of the least things on people's minds. So we were just all getting our heads around working from home and homeschooling. So the last thing you wanted to think about was a conference. Mm. So in about May or June, I touched base with my clients via email or telephone and I was really shocked to see how many emails bounced. Either clients were on extended leave, long service leave or just no longer there. So the events industry was hit really hard, just like travel, tourism, you know. Yeah, very tough times. I think what's been really quite surprising is just how many of these industries that have been hit have adapted so much. You know, I saw an incredible email this week from Journeys by Design, the uh, little local Albert Park travel agency run by Haley, and, you know, they're offering flights to Antarctica at the moment for people even though they can't land yeah. planes. What are some of the things that you've seen in terms of the events and entertainment industry in terms of how it's responding to COVID? People have really got on board with virtual conferencing. I think Zoom's sort of the new 2020 word. I would never have believed this last year, but it's just how quickly things have changed. Look, some clients book a professional studio where all the speakers and the MCs go in and have a proper setup, you know, with backdrops, PowerPoint presentations and all the rest of it. And this setup also helps to eliminate any technical issues because you've got professional techies on hand just overseeing everything. I've seen comedians, rather than doing gala dinners and things like that, they're doing online ticketed comedy, magicians doing online family magic lessons at the weekend, wow. um, charging a fee, yeah. I know, say, the likes of Dave O'Neill, Dave Hughes and Glenn Robbins do an interactive Zoom with corporate clients, which goes oh, down cool. a treat. Oh, yeah. yeah, especially on Friday afternoon drinks, you know. Oh, I love can, that. Yeah, so they get yeah they get some information, some background information of say a director or something, so they can do a bit of a roast as well. So that goes down a treat. Another client has just booked an interactive cooking class, which is great. Yes, you know, yeah. All the staff get the ingredients, then they're all set up in their homes, and they cook up a storm with a celebrity chef. So that works well. And like even our Australian artists, our talent. We've had it, those TV shows. What were they, Australian performers singing from their homes? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, my cousin, as you know, is an ARIA award winner and we've been treated to Friday night live sessions. He did a collab last week with Bernard Fanning and it was amazing. I was just like, go, go you, you know. But, yeah, I think that is really heartening, I think, the way in which people have been able to adapt But I do, you know, as a traditional communications person, even though, you know, I'm all about the digital marketing and all those things, I am a bit of a traditionalist in this space. And I do still think that there will continue to be a role for face-to-face communications once we are through the other side of this. And I just don't think you can replace anything with the live in-person experience for some of these things. Totally agree. Totally agree. And this is one thing I do believe that we will get back together because we're social creatures. As humans, we like to mingle and get together. 
as work colleagues, we like to see each other. So, yeah, definitely it'll get back together. It'll yeah. eventually come back. No, I, can't. I, I believe that anyway. So. <laughs> Me too, Helene. I, I can't wait for that day, I can tell you that. As we, as we record this in opposite houses in the same neighbourhood right. in, in lockdown Victoria at the moment, yeah. 2.0. Now, listen, um, just in wrapping up, I'd love to know what are some of those trends that you think we're going to see in a post-COVID world and then let's stop talking about bloody corona virus because I'm over it. <laughs> I think for a start where we had a thousand people crammed into a stadium or a convention centre, that's a long way off. And also having international speakers because that ain't happening either, you know. Conferences I think will still take place but they'll be smaller, probably not as often, but I think they will happen in conjunction with a virtual conference. And what I mean by that is, say, some a large national company may have their conference in Sydney, but they will have their interstate staff either Zoom in or come in virtually rather than fly in. I think, you know, that'll eliminate the travel, but they'll still have a conference. But you know what I mean? They won't have yeah. people flying in from interstate yeah. or something like that. I saw an amazing thing pop up on my social media the other day. Actually, a photographer took it at a London music festival yeah. and they were all on separate little silver square platforms. There were small groups of people and they were all socially distanced. Yeah. And it was a concert, but like a concert that you never would have ever imagined seeing in your lifetime with all these little people on these platforms away from each other <laughs> yeah well totally agree and look at Perth now with the AFL like they mm. are letting people into the stadiums but there's distancing and, and then the numbers are smaller they're not letting 10,000 people in yeah. they might let a thousand people in you know it's yeah it is different but oh look I believe we will come back and I think once a vaccine life won't get back to normal as how we knew it unless we've got a vaccine but I believe that we will still have conferences, but the numbers will be smaller and there won't be so many people flying in from around the country. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think we'll ever let go of the digital and virtual options now that we have done them and we've seen how easy it is to do them. But, yeah, no, definitely really interesting times. One thing I do notice is many industries have CPD hours, which are continually professional development to be industry accredited, you know, such as accountants and doctors and things like that. I think those type of presentations will be on Zoom still or virtual still because these people have to keep their hours up. But as far as having a celebrity speaker come in, People still want to get their photo taken after the celebrities presented or rub shoulders with them or have a drink with them. So I think that's where people will be booking industry speakers more so now rather than having their wow factor speaker because they actually want to see them and get a photo taken with them. Yeah. Interesting times. Who knows what's going to happen, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, for anyone listening today that might be interested to check out a little bit more about Platinum Speakers, do head on over to platinumspeakers.com.au. And Helene, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your insight around the public speaking circuit. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thanks for the invite. No worries. Well, what a fantastic bit of insight there from Helene at Platinum Speakers. Now, if you're looking to level up on your public speaking skills or needing a bit of help in building your personal brand, make sure you head on over to therightremark.com 
or subscribe to my podcast because I often share great tips and tricks on how you can communicate with purpose with your customers. Now, I'd love to know what you think of this week's episode. So make sure you hit me a direct message up on Instagram. You can follow me at the right remark. I love hearing from listeners. And if you've got a little selfie of you listening to this podcast, make sure you snap me and tag me in it because I would love to share it on my socials as well. Now, in next week's episode, I'm going to be talking all about how to make your website copy go from snore to spectacular. So make sure you stay tuned for that episode. Have a great week, guys, and I will chat to you then. Bye. Bye.